Brian and Heather Brittany coming right up with Animal Tales on Star Style. Be the star you are. Guys, have you ever been confused in the area of dating and relationships? Have you ever tried to apply dating and relationship tips you've read in newspapers or seen on talk shows only to find out they don't work? Are you sick of men bashing in today's society? We have a show just for you. Doc Love has immersed himself in the study of women and has been featured in major media outlets such as Time and Fox. Finally, a man-friendly show with coaching that actually works. Don't miss the Doc Love Show, Understanding Women for Men Only, Sunday mornings on World Talk Radio. Hi, this is Guy Finley, host of Letting Go with Guy Finley. Have you ever wondered what does it take to live without painful worries and those old resentments? Well, in this life, we are unable to forget whatever remains unforgiven. So if we won't let go of some pain whose time has now passed, then who's to blame for the weight of this burden that's still being carried on our back? We can do so much better once we understand how these old states of bitterness and fear and worry betray us, even as they convince us to carry them along with us. Join me this Thursday right here on worldtalkradio.com at 9 a.m. Pacific time as you and I explore the most important topics of our lives. We'll discuss stress, peace, happiness, relationships, what real success is, and even more. That's Letting Go with Guy Finley right here on worldtalkradio.com, where the world comes to talk. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866 613-1612 or if outside the USA and Canada dial 001-858-268-3068 This hour of power Star Style B the star you are and our key for two a mother daughter brew segment with me Cynthia Bryan and me Hello Brittany and we are the Stella Dona Goddess Gals and we are always excited to be your personal growth success coaches right here on the airwaves every week because we want to pump your energy. We want to get you learning and laughing and loving and listening to yourself more and help you live your dreams through books and positive media because we are a show about following your heart. Our miracle moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. To get a private consultation, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-7827. And this miracle moment is by Og Mandino. Beginning today, treat everyone you meet as if they were going to be dead by midnight. Extend <laughs> to them all the care, the kindness, and the understanding you can muster, and do it with as much of your soul as possible, as if there are no reward, because your life will never be the same again. And that quote is even a little more powerful today based on the guests that we're having in our first segment here. Heather and I are going to be talking about the animal kingdom, the wild animal kingdom, and how animals are in our lives and communicate with us as well as our pampered pets. And in our second segment, we will be visiting with an amazing man, Matthew Sanford, and his book, Waking, which is a memoir of trauma and transcendence. And then we truly go to the midnight hour in our third segment with Carrie Vaughn and her book, Kitty Goes to Washington. And guess what it's about? 
werewolves. Ooh. So we're talking midnight, midnight, mere midnight. And what's fun about her book is you'll see when we talk about it, it's not where only werewolves, but we're talking about where jaguars and where alpacas and where dogs and I don't know if you pronounce it where or were or how it is, but it's a really, really fun book because Kitty has a talk show just like you and I, Heather. <laughs> and that's why it's um, it's uh, it's called the Midnight Hour is because her show is at midnight and she talks with the werewolf. So that will be that will totally be fun. So stick around for more of all that. But in the meantime, Heather and I want to talk to you about animals now and the animals in our lives and how we howl at the moon as well. And I don't think I'm a werewolf, <laughs> but boy, I've always been howling. But since Heather was a little girl. Uh, we used to nickname her, or people nicknamed her, this, uh, the female St. Francis of Assisi, because you always had that ability to communicate with animals. And for some reason, birds would land on your shoulders, and wild animals would come up to you when we were on hikes, and you've been able to talk to the feral cats, and it seems that you would just, you know, you always had animals there. And something about that has taught me a lot as well, because animals are here to teach us, and we do communicate with animals. They're very important in our healing and in our life and in our health and just in our well-being. Well, exactly. Well, evidence of this, you know, this, I think it's a really healthy connection. And for the last decade now, there's really, it's really been filling our books, cable TV shows, and now even medical journals are stating that there's factual statements that animals are beneficial to health. Um, they've discovered that owning a pet can reduce blood pressure, reduce your heart rate and cholesterol, lessen stress. And actually they found out that children that grow up in households with pets, um, as they grow, it helps their immune system so that they not only um, don't have allergies to animals, but they also fight off other allergens in general. And there even is evidence suggesting now that dogs can detect bladder cancer and predict the onset of seizures. You know what? So. This past week I've done two other radio shows, and they were both animal shows. One was called Animal Talk Radio, and I, I, I've been doing all these animal radios lately. And this mm-hmm. is a real thing is that there is, um, there is evidence and statistics and medical research that shows that not only do they detect it, but the purr of the cat has a vibration that actually heals you and has had... I'm so happy you brought the thing about healing, Ashley, because on a medical level, I mean, these animals are great, but I think they're also wonderful psychologically, you know, for especially for children, especially for older people that um, really need that unconditional love. Their family not, may not be around as much anymore. But they've actually found that um, the Mexican hairless dog, which the the, the term and all the actual name like of that, it, or is that different? What is the Mexican hairless dog different? Yeah, I guess that is. Yeah, the Mexican hairless dog. Um, the the breed name of it is. It's actually uh, derived from an Aztec warrior name. It's I, I'm going to pronounce it. Wrong. It's like Exozolo, something something. But um, the the dog, it's actually kind of called a hot dog because the body temperature of that dog, it heats up really quickly. So um, older patients with arthritis, they're finding that this is a fantastic dog for them to have with because just snuggling with them, the dog's body temperature is able to go on into um, the the person suffering from arthritis. And, you know, they say that the heat really is healing to and to uh, alleviate pain. So not only is an elder person getting this unconditional love and the greatness of having 
a pet, you know, they love them no matter what. But it's actually having um, medical healing powers towards their arthritis and alleviating their pain. Well, you know, I thought that we would take a, a few minutes and just tell some animal stories here that have happened in our own lives because all our listeners out there, there's a lot of people that have pets and and people who enjoy pets, they love them, they're part of the family, and everyone has a story to tell. And I think that's what's so uh, special of, about animals. And I was thinking about it as I go out into the garden and I look at all the different plants that I've planted for the deer. And I, it brings me back to thinking about Bambina, the mm-hmm. baby deer that we adopted when she was just a, maybe a day old, maybe not even that. And uh, her mother had been killed, and we took her in. And uh, how when she, the first thing she did is she went to you and she sucked on your ear because she thought that was going to be nourishment. And how for you know the days when we were camping, now we put milk down your ear so she could uh, nourish it, you know, get some mm-hmm. food in her. But do you remember when we brought her home, and your cat Halloween had had kittens, and Halloween adopted the deer as if. The deer were her own. Oh baby. yeah, Do you remember that? And how she would groom her and and walk with her and be with her, and I always thought it was just so fascinating that this mother cat instinctively knew that this baby deer was motherless. Mm-hmm. And so they? you know they really, the animals really have an entire, um, they they really have an entire way of knowing that what they do can make a difference in another animal, whereas so often with humans, we don't take care of one, one another. I don't have to say often. I should say often. <laughs> that might, one of my biggest fascinations, if I could ever find something out, I want to know if animals, if they can only talk within their species or if they're able to communicate among, other, you know, if a deer can talk to a cat and a cat can talk to a dog or if it's, because, you know, as humans, we're only, you know, when the dog barks, you know, we, we slowly figure out the things, but we don't literally know what they're saying. And so much of the communication, um, they find out, you know, that animal because really you hear certain animals speak, that it's almost telepathic in a sense. But I always want to know if, if they're able to communicate and other things, or if it's just that natural sense, you know, that they're all, you know, they're all... And it seems, you know, we're all part of this big animal kingdom thing that in order for everyone's survival, we need to work together. We need to work together, and the fact is is that we as humans are animals as well. And once we start realizing that we are all one and that we're all part of the wild kingdom, then life gets better, you know, for, for all of us. But think about you with your dog, Dulce, and how mm-hmm. much joy she has brought to your life. And she's three pounds, right? Uh, 3.5. <laughs> 3.5. Well, I have. I wanted to say just a couple of days ago, you know, how we've always adopted animals, and I feel like I have an animal sanctuary, and in, in fact, I think Minnie and Friends is just going to be called the sanctuary because I just recently adopted three new ducks and four doves. And the the person who had these four doves, there are two turtle doves, which are white, and two ringneck doves. And... The person who had these doves is a student, and she's going away to college, and her family didn't want to take away the doves, uh, take care of them, and she's working for a a veterinary uh, service. And she had one dove that was really severely injured because the doves had been kept in this um, kind of like a rabbit hutch, and a uh, raccoon attacked it. 
Oh, and wow. this one dove somehow got in the fray. She survived, but she can no longer fly, and she can no longer have use of her legs. So she has learned how to walk with her wings, and she oh develops calluses on her wings. So she walks on her wings. If so, there's a will, there's a way. I, exactly. And so in my opinion, this dove really wants to survive. And the, the young lady who called me said, well, you know, if you're going to take the doves, and I have an aviary where I take care of these, these, um, these birds, she said maybe it will be too much trouble for you to take care of the doves. I'll just take her in, and maybe the, I'll have the veterinary, uh, veterinarian put her down. And I was like, absolutely not. Don't put her down. Don't put her down. <laughs> I mean, she wants to live. Let's give her a shot because, you know, uh, her fear was that perhaps she wouldn't adapt to the other birds or whatever. So in any case, I put her in the aviary, and I've watched her, uh, watched her carefully, and I made sure that she would know where her water was and, you know, where her food was, and I had to reposition things. And I kind of felt um, a part of her because, you know, I've been having trouble walking with my hip out, and oh. I was down just because... I may not adapt, you know. And the beauty of it, I've been watching her for a whole week, and she is enjoying the aviary tremendously. She's getting along great with the quail and the pheasant and the other birds that are in there. And she's, she's, um, she's talking all the time. And what a <laughs> wonderful addition. And so how beautiful to have been able to adopt these animals and to also uh, these birds and also to save the bird you know, from being put down, and it's such a, a lesson for me because I feel like I'm growing from watching their joy, and they're giving me such joy back with their beautiful song all day long. Mm. So, you know, there's a message in there is that this bird wants to live. Is yeah. that, you know, it's kind of the whole tenacious and the, the fighting mentality. It kind of gives, gives you inspiration, I guess, to carry on, that if this bird that no longer has the ability to fly nor walk can find a way. Exactly, exactly. And so that's the thing that I think is important that animals can teach us as humans. If we will give them the time of day to, you know, if we were given the time of day just to give them of our time and of our patience. And that brings me back to the dogs and the cats who absolutely love us unconditionally. We come home from work and it doesn't matter what we smell like, what we look like, what we've been through. They're just so happy to see us, but they tend to sense when we're unhappy, and they usually just are quiet and keep next to us to let us know that they care. And they sense when we're sad. And dogs really, um, I have to say, may, especially dogs, uh, are actually becoming almost like our equals in the working world. Dogs, you know, they're used um, as scene dogs, the blind, police dogs, uh, firemen dogs. This, with the slightest of training, it's just like children. You know, if you start at a young age um, teaching them things, it stays with them. They can figure out. I, I went through on Dateline a few weeks ago how they're teaching your dog how to read, you know, and recognize certain symbols. Say that again, teaching and, your dog how to read? Exactly. I mean, you know, it makes you kind of like, well, why would you need it? But for certain things that. But I it's, love it. It's, it's a great it's, idea. It seems it's almost more. You know, it's kind of like when kids first learn, it's like a memorizing game. It's, you may not be um, completely com uh, comprehending it, but you're memorizing it. And after you memorize and memorize, eventually it sticks in with it. And that's the same with training a dog. Once it sticks with them, um, then their obedience to do that. And that's why they found that, you know, dogs are phenomenal for, especially people um, that are less disadvantaged, you know, that have more 
disadvantages so that, you know, they've trained these dogs that can answer the phone for people, um, open doors, turn on light, you know, all these great things that, you know, if you don't have, if you, if you have the will, you know, this animal will help you find the way for it. And I think that's Well, you know, and the personality of the animals is something else that I think is just so great. Um, the two goats, one is your goat, Pee-wee. And um, and Jasper is our adopted goat. Well, now Pee Wee is getting older, Heather, and Pee Wee's getting grayer. And Pee Wee may be perhaps because Pee Wee wa- was a show goat and really learned how to behave and follow the rules. He is much more subtle. He wants to please. <laughs> he really does. He wants to be a good boy. And he follows me, you know, he follows me around when I'm in the garden or whatever, and he's very good. He doesn't eat my flowers, and he's just really good. He just likes to be, be with me. Jasper, on the other hand, is a rascal, and he loves to get my goat. You know, nope, I guess I should say pun intended because it, I know it is a pun, but he is really hysterical. He will do something just to make me, um, you know, go, Jasper! Why did you eat my rose? <laughs> and then he'll, then he'll get all excited, and it's like he laughs, and he jumps up, and he stands on his hind legs, and then he butts into me. You know, he'll like, and he's like, play with me, play with me, play with me. <laughs> and to me, this is what the beauty of animals is, and I'm so excited that I was able to bring you up and raise you in an atmosphere where you were always around animals. I say it's so important for children um, to have that kind of connection. Um, I just I think it's so interesting and sounding um, when we have petting zoos and kids would come in and one they wouldn't understand especially you know when they'd see chicken eggs and they'd be like oh where is it you that came from <laughs> that you know, that kind of thing it could possibly and, then, not be and it was starting to see how they would have such a fear of animals like that they were going to hurt them or something and that wasn't the situation and that's um, I was just reading a report on it how they're saying that children um, it's so great that it actually psychologically opens up and makes them more willing um, that children, I remember I used to do this when I was little, I would read with my animals, that they were saying that it helps um, children learn pronunciation, reading aloud, just how they say to do it with your children. Well, if the parents aren't there, do it with your animals. Oh, see, that's such a great idea, Heather. And I also remember you, you know, dressing your animals up. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they love that. (laughs) Putting them in a baby buggy and pushing them around. And, of course, they all loved it. They thought this was great fun. But the idea of reading, because this show we really want to encourage literacy in books, is the idea of reading to your animals is a great thing. Uh, if you, you'll be so amazed if you gather your children and your animals, or if you don't have children and you just have animals or borrow an animal, um, you'll be so amazed how much they will enjoy it as well. It's, you know, They really do enjoy watching and listening, and they'll be talking their heads, and you'll feel so great. And if you're into acting, as Heather and I are, use it for cold reading. It's a really great way to go. Well, Heather, give out uh, your website. Definitely. We would love for you to check out more. There's all information about animal literacy, the Carmody Collection. If you check out our website at celadone.com, that's S-C-E-L-L-A-D-O-N-N-E.com. And if you want more information about animals, the Wild Kingdom, and about the shows that we did on radio and television called Animal Cuts and Animal Tales, go to www.animalcuts.com and stay with us because we have a fabulous guest coming up. We're going to be talking about a memoir of trauma and transcendence. So stay with us. I am your personal growth expert, Cynthia Bryan. 
And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are the Stella Donuts. We'll be right back. Hey, Dan.